Ah, that's right. It is time for On the Outside. Can you hear it? I can, it's... Tails. I'm excited to be here. I really feel like I've got some momentum now with this podcast on the back of the Olympics. Mm. We're heading in the right direction. So, uh, no, thrilled, thrilled to be back on the outside. Oh, look, it's absolutely amazing to be back on the outside with you, Vanders. Uh, not that we went anywhere. Not that we went anywhere. Well, especially but... not you. Mm. <laughs> no, no, that is certainly uh, certainly true. Uh, any business before we get into uh, into today's pod, Vanders? Yes. Well, listeners will be aware that last week I did put the pressure on both of us, <laughs> mostly you. No, 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 no. Oh. You didn't put it on both of us. Uh, you put it on me and me alone. You, uh, that we would have, you know, some new, some new things. Maybe some uh, new logo. Maybe some social medias ready. There's no none of that yet. However, Tails, <laughs> please, please reveal. What you are sitting in front of right now, for listener? Look, uh, we might put out a video post on our uh, on our Insta feed. We don't later have it on. yet. We don't have it yet, but we will one <laughs> but day. But we've 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 upgraded the equipment. Put it that way. And I'm not talking about myself. We've actually gone and got some uh, some new tech. So hopefully that will be able to improve us very soon. From our good friends at Road. Yes, our good friends at Road. Gratis, actually. Because they're they're big supporters of uh, of young artists like we are, mm-hmm. they've decided to provide a little bit of uh, equipment to us to uh, help us on our way. Well, gracias, gratis for this equipment. <laughs> we were glued to our TV sets uh, for a variety of reasons. Some of them were sport-related. Uh, one of them was England and India. What happened in this game, Vanders? Well, as we know, our listeners love hearing about test cricket when it isn't cricket season here in Australia, so we thought we'd get stuck straight into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so England-India, never really know who you're supporting. Uh, don't really know. I think it's India just over England, so it was good to yeah. see that uh, India beat England by 150 runs on day five. Um, after an 80-wicket run stand for the ninth Indian wicket. So they managed to eke out an extra 80 runs and really put that pressure on uh, England, who who collapsed there. And there's a lot of questions that have been raised about England's tactics and getting a little bit carried away um, when they were bowling to India in their second innings tails. Did you see that? Yeah, I I wasn't uh, watching at the time, but I've caught up with it subsequently, that uh, Boomer in particular was bouncing Anderson. Bouncing the shit out of Anderson. <laughs> Bloody good to see. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Warnie. Um, yeah, no, it, and apparently this, it wasn't, nobody in the English press got that upset about it or any other press for that example. But this was like, it was taken as a sign that India were no longer going to be dominated by anyone. Now, of course, they came and kicked our ass. So you would have thought that would be enough of a sign. But this was taken as a sign that even the most premier bowler in the world, the eldest statesman of cricket currently in the world, uh, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't intimidate them. And they were prepared to kick his ass. And I'm not sure when, uh, when anyone will ever win a test match ever again against India. No, no, I think India are uh, going to be dominating for a long time. Also, I think what upset the English and particularly Anderson was Moomer seemed to be overstepping uh, about four or five times in that spell by quite a few inches, just really not worrying about oh, the I'm wicket sorry. so much. I'm just trying to get up oh, into him. Um, How many weeks have we spent at training where the blokes had come off 18 yards on a wet wicket? If we could do it, James Anderson should do it on a better pitch without complaint. Yeah, I would have been whipping Boomer away with that practice. Um, but then obviously the, uh, the English tactics question, because when, uh, 
when Boomer was uh, out to bat, they decided to bounce the crap out of him and actually mm, led to yeah. uh, a lot of runs being leaked um, by yeah. England. And then they failed to chase it down. So everyone's calling out Joe Root um, for pretty poor tactics there. And um, mm. they have been getting slammed by the English media, which is what we like to see, especially in an Ashes Year Tales. So, oh, 100%. Um, it's it's going to be real tasty coming up, isn't it? Well, mate, are you Are you excited for this year's Ashes yet? Uh, I am. I'm excited. I'm excited to see some some test cricket back uh, on our on our shores. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Do you think it's going to matter to you if it's not played in front of crowds at all? I think no. I think it would just be like the footy. Obviously, it's not yeah. as great. But if you put fake noise to it, mm-hmm. when they first talked about fake crowd noises, hated it. Now I'm like, it's a must fake crowd noises. <laughs> Otherwise, it's long, so weird. It's so um, noticeable, isn't it, when whoever it is, the audio director is not doing his job. He puts the, the volume up like three seconds after they're holding the ball. And he just like... Just going to bounce it up and then you hear like, oh, <laughs> it's really yeah. noticeable. Well, Charles, hopefully we'll uh, we'll continue to see England get pumped against India and then we'll also see them pumped here in front of crowds uh, come this summer. Looking forward to a thorough pumping soon, James. Tails, it has been a big, uh, well, I guess the whole season has been big for AFL, a lot of changes um, happening, but I did want to touch on, um, obviously, last round coming up this week, um, and there are some retirees that get announced, as, as mm. do every year, but there's some pretty big names this year, and I just wanted to uh, to roll through a few before I had a bit of a, a few questions about uh, my last one, so yeah, to touch on um, Eddie Betts first. Obviously, what a what a champion player, and and I mean he's just done so much for the game, and he's just so exciting from that pocket. What are your thoughts on on Eddie? Yeah, um, I, I can't remember who said it. I think it was on ACN. Might have been Patrick Dangerfield or Daisy Pierce, but one of them was talking about how he still played with a certain joy, like he still played with that that kid that kid like that childlike joy. And there's not a lot of individuals left in footy anymore. Like it's it's very all the players are the same. You're Sydney are the worst. Like you've got like ten of the same dude. I can't tell them apart. Mm. But there's no there's not a lot of enter, like genuine individual entertainers anymore. And Eddie, without being a selfish player, was certainly one of them. I'll ask this question, and it's actually leading to something. Do you think he'll be remembered more as a as a Carlton Blue? Or an Adelaide Crow? I think it depends where you are, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think he'll be remembered as... I think it'll be both, but also he'll just be remembered as a fantastic pocket forward, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he I think he somehow transcended the game a bit. And I can't, I can't think of a way to put that into words or find someone to compare him to, but he doesn't feel like he belongs to one club, even though he played for two. You feel like he belonged to the game and to to us, and that's that's such a rare gift that very few players, I think, can ever uh, can ever achieve. He sort of just belonged to his knee length shorts. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But uh, that is no, true. You're right about he, he seemed to be. You know, players. You after someone kicks a goal, you see like pumped up, celebrating. But when Eddie Betts was playing well and his teammates kicking goals, he's kicking goals, you see genuine joy and happiness on his face, which is not always what you see. It's more that pumped up um, sort of aggressive winning vibe. But uh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie was certainly an absolute champion in the game. Tails on, on Eddie Betts. I also wanted to mention um, Sean Burgoyne and Jared Hardbrow as well. 
both both champions of the game. Um, obviously, Silk with four hundred plus games is, is fairly impressive. But just on a on a different level, that's three Indigenous players leaving at the end of this season. And that's over a thousand games experience between the three. Yeah. That's insane. It is. It's a it's a huge amount of football. And uh, I suppose the thing is, Sean Burgoyne, we expect uh, to probably still be around the game in some capacity. Eddie Betts, we hope, still is around the game in some, some capacity. Not sure about, about Jared Harbour. But you're right, a thousand games of, of players at any time is a lot to lose. But to lose Indigenous leaders, and those, those players have been at various points, is something that I hope they're not lost to the game entirely. I hope it's just simply they're not going to be on the field anymore, and that's that'd be the best case, um, best case scenario. Is Jared Harbrow leaving aside Gary Ablett, so we take him out of the conversation? Is Jared Harbrow the greatest Suns player of all time? I think he'd be in the conversation. He'd have to be. I mean, who else? Took Miller. Who else have you got? Well, that's it. Took has probably Charlie gone Dixon. past. <laughs> I'm just remembering all the all the originals, the OGs. Tuke, Tuke probably has gone past him at this point, but I tell you what, there's not a lot to pick from. No, I mean, pretty pretty consistent performer, Jared Harbrow. So I'm sure he'll be sorely missed. As all three of them will be, they've paved, paved a strong way for um, the young Aboriginal players in the AFL. So Surely will. Congratulations and well done on a fantastic career. That is, of course, uh, we're not in the habit of following other media outlets. We're highly original and creative thinkers ourselves. All our own research. All our own research tales. Uh, But one story that did come from the lesser media, the lesser football media during the week, was Ross Lyon, who basically announced on national TV that Collingwood wasn't good enough for him. He said, uh, what were the words he used? I think instability, wasn't it? At Collingwood. Instability. I'm actually just looking at my notes and it says insatiable. Insatiable. Might, have, might, be a, <laughs> might be a spell check, but yeah, insatiable. Collingwood were ravenous and he just couldn't handle it. <laughs> Too much more. Uh, I think, uh, yes. yeah, he, he said the, the instability of Collingwood meant he, that he wouldn't take that job, but that Carlton was still on the table for him. He just also, think- <laughs> just on that before you go on, he also mentioned that if Eddie Maguire was still there, he would have been interested to talk, which... Oh, I mean, it's a strange position to put yourself in after everything that's oh. been happening with Maguire. It's just a strange, mm. strange thing. But I love he's just throwing shade at Collingwood and at the same time saying he would consider talks with Carlton, who are the definition of stable, obviously. I, I think it, it, admittedly, I think it reflects really badly on Collingwood that they're not in the conversation for Lyon and probably nobody's said anything. They're, in, they're not in the conversation for Alistair Clarkson. How badly are Collingwood going that they can't get the two best candidates going around? Yeah, pretty poorly, especially when people are talking up Carlton as a, as a mm. big stable club. Does Russell Lyon have a house in Carlton? Is that is a commute oh, I shorter? Don't I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just it's quicker to get to success. That'd be it, purely and simply. Quicker to get there, I reckon. Do you think it's quicker to get... Oh, Quicker to get to success or quicker to get to Carlton physically? <laughs> From Reese House, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I don't think it's quicker for success for Carlton by any stretch. My only thing with this, and this is, you know, or whatever, how do you feel about it being played out live on national TV? Like if you're David Teague and you haven't officially lost your job, even though everyone knows you've lost your job, how do you feel when you're sitting back watching some uh, football classified and Ross Lyons just like, oh, yeah, nah, Carlton gave me a ring. 
Probably pick up the phone, have a chat. Yeah, I think it's pretty disrespectful, to be honest. I know, I mean, he'll claim, he's like, oh, look, I was speaking as as my role in the media, not as my role as a coach. But I uh, I think it's a little bit disrespectful. I think um, people are a bit sick of it. And I think probably David Teague deserves a little bit more respect uh, than that. Not saying it's all Ross Lyon's fault, particularly, but he's a bit of a miserable mm. bastard. So Yeah, like, no, that's fair enough. Friend of the show. <laughs> Shout out to Russ. Look forward to hearing from you next week. Uh, we can take phone calls on our new equipment, Anders. So, looking forward to uh, to his appearance. Tails, we try and avoid talking about Tasmania too much on the pod, but as two proud Tasmanians. Mm. We uh, couldn't help but keep an eye on the uh, the Carter report that came down about the viability yes, of the yes. uh, AFL team in Tasmania. And uh, look, after after seeing it and everyone having a bit of a look at it, it just seems like more fence sitting from the AFL. Yeah. Um, how how was your take and what was the takeover in, in Melbourne? Uh, it was largely, largely negatively received. Uh, I think it's one of those ones that was probably a bit corporate- uh, the way it was written in the sense that, you know, Colin Carter did say that it would be best if Tasmania had their own team, but there would be some risks to attach with. Best case scenario, you know, you you have the, the relocated team, whatever. So I think a lot of that distinction was definitely lost. Uh, a lot of the reaction was about simply not having a timeline put on it. How was it received in Tasmania? It was received uh, pretty poorly in Tassie. I think we felt like speaking for the whole state we felt like it was you know we already knew exactly those things anyway we're being sort of talked down to baby oh yeah it'll come it'll come no timeline no distinct plans um but peter gutwin the tasmanian premier just fully just said look we're not spending a cent on hawthorne or north melbourne or afl at all until you come to us with some solid answers and he put his foot down which to be honest i i I felt yeah quite enjoyable uh so i'd be interested to see how that's been taken by afl house yeah, it will be interested to see how it's been taken. I know there's there's still some discussion between the AFL and Gutters, and he's certainly earned a lot of respect over here for the stance that he's taken. Do you think it's realistic that whatever he was saying about, you know, Tasmanians will go and follow uh, football, and by that I mean soccer and basketball and, and those sort of things, is that is that realistic in your mind that Tasmanians will do that? Uh, I, think, I think it is to an extent. I've actually thought for a, for a few years now, just screw the AFL, go and spend money on on some um, on a rugby league or an A league team, and that'll really fucking shake the uh, shake AFL house to its core. And then uh, they might actually do something. Right now, and it's always been this way. They just consider Tasmania mm. a locked up market, and they haven't shown us the respect that we probably deserve. So, that's always uh, that's always been my argument: is that if you're the AFL, you're pretty much getting everything you want out of Tasmania as it is. So, what do you need? Why do you need anything else out of there? Why would you go and spend the money? And I guess that's the only way. Once you start taking that money away and cancelling your Foxtel subscriptions and not watching Channel 7 on Friday nights, that's the only time that, that the AFL is going to start to pay attention. Yeah, and I think already basketball is with the jack jumpers here mm. next to So maybe soccer's not in the right direction, but the uh, the jack jumpers are a hot property and I think, you know, chuck a few a bit more money into that, ignore the AFL for a while and that uh, could could shake it up. I just wanted to to leave this on. Mm. I don't like to quote Eddie Maguire normally. No. But he just said that, you know. Leaves a option, bad taste in the mouth, doesn't yeah. it? 
the options are sorry for the 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 report the Carter report was a, a whole new team in Tassie, a team to move from Victoria or a mm-hmm. shared team like a like a Hawthorne yeah. or North Melbourne arrangement at the which is currently. Um, he just said Tassie won't want a shared team, and a team is not going to work if it's a team's being re- relocated who don't want to leave to a yeah. state that doesn't want them. That's not going to work either. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. So uh, I thought Eddie was pretty bang on, rarely, but he was bang on in that particular um, statement. No, fair point, fair point, Vanders. But um, in more immediate news, Tasmanian football, we might be hosting finals, baby. We could be getting a final. How good is that? Well, I've got a bit of form on uh, on Tasmania hosting games this year, so I'm nervous <laughs> to say either way. But, uh, yeah, it would be uh, exciting to, to host some finals footy. I wonder who do we get? One of the elimination games? Well, uh, my... Or just give us the crappiest game they could find. Well, if you have a say, I, I suspect Sydney Giants. I suspect that would be it. So Brisbane obviously can host their game, mm. provided um, Essendon are allowed into Queensland. Melbourne, let's say Melbourne play, I don't know, the Dogs. Well, that that to me strikes as a, as a sort of an Adelaide thing and Geelong mm. might end up having to play Port. So mm. I, I think our best bets are... If Geelong plays Port Adelaide, that might happen. Doubt it will. But I think your best bet is is the Sydney Giants game, which is not the worst. Get to go no, see Budwa. I think hey. Sydney, Sydney played pretty well down in uh, in Hobart. Remember, well, are they going to Hobart or are they going to Launceston? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Because Buddy, Buddy at uh, York Park or whatever they call it now, Utah Stadium, that'd yeah. be something. Also, the last... Uh, when we won a premiership in 2012, they beat Hawthorne at Launce- in Launceston. I remember Could that be a moment. game. So I'm just, whatever, <laughs> read into it what you will. I don't mind that. All right, Vanders, hot take time. Now, be careful, don't get yourself burnt because our hot takes have been in fuego so far this season. I imagine I got another one right. Did I this weekend? They have. They've been pretty poor. People are starting to complain. I'm getting people stopping me in the street. Um, it's becoming. We need. Forget our competition tales. We, for both of our sakes, need to just improve together because it's not going well. Last week, I said that Toby Green would escape the ban on his. Uh, what's it called? His appeal. His appeal. In- uh, he did not. Slightly in your defence. So that's that's a cross. He did get it reduced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he got it reduced. I know. I was like, oh, I'll play with... You yeah, would have true. just slammed true. me, so I'm too, too afraid of the technicalities. Yours, however, <laughs> was fairly uh, open shot. I was unlucky. No deal. I was unlucky. What, what, I said that what did you say? both the Saints and the Tigers would be in the eight come the end of the round. Ooh. <laughs> and they're in 11th and, and 12th. The thing was, not like, near the eight. The Saints gave it a good shake. They did give it a good shake. Or they did give it a good shake and they were a good chance. The Tigers the Tigers mm. might not be in the eight for another five years. Like that was that was horrible. That That's was horrible. But what have what have you got for us this week? This week, Tails, I have my hatred of the Melbourne Demons mm. continues. Yes. Uh, I am tipping Geelong to beat Melbourne and thus finish top. Of the ladder, mm-hmm. um, and what I think they should be declared as premiership favourites. No, that's good. That's strong. I mean, the premiership favourite ones is hard to is hard to tell. Oh, we can through, we can look at a finish, betting market or something like that. They'll fi- <laughs> they'll finish top of the ladder. That's my hot take. Geelong. 
apparently, is there something like it's only been three out of the three out of the minor premiers of the last twenty years or something? You've actually won the flag. Like, rarely does anyone win it from first. It's really odd. It's all timing your run. Mm. No, it is. It is. What What do you have for me? Oh, what have I got for you this week? I have for you. Who is it? It's Dogs Dogs Port this week. I have for you that Jamara and Aaron Norton are going to kick nine goals between them this week. So Norton against Port Adelaide. Norton to kick eight. He might kick eight goals six, but yes, okay. I think between the pair of them, they're going to kick nine goals this week against Port. Tear them apart and completely stamp themselves as premiership favourites. Should you, just for the fans that want us to mm. get more, should you say more than seven goals and don't pigeonhole yourself so much? Oh, more than nine then. I'll say more than nine. Right, okay, great. Fortune favours oh, no, the brave. Sorry, nine or more. Nine Fortune, or more. Okay, Fortune favours the brave. Tails, do you have any uh, business to attend to before we end up? Uh, yes, uh, and this is this is a personal one only because I'll be working on the coverage. The Paralympics are starting this week as well. Well, sorry, starting next week. So the, the opening ceremony Tuesday night, catch it all on Channel 7 and 7 Plus. Awesome, fantastic. Looking forward to the Paralympics. It's always really interesting and, and seeing, seeing the athletes do their thing is just amazing. I'm looking forward to watching mm. some murder ball. Those promos have got me going during the uh, Olympics that just finished. So we will have a full sort of preview next week for you uh, on the Paralympics. So look forward Sounds to Sounds good, Vanders. I'll catch you there. 